Hi, this is Andrew. Before we get started on today's show, it would really help us if you could go to wherever you get your podcast from and like and subscribe, and if possible, leave us a five-star review. Thanks. My son's name is Ander, and he's 18 years old, old now. He was diagnosed with ADHD by the age of 16. For me, the diagnosis was positive. You've got a fantastic child that's got a superpower because your child is one of the people out there that has got this ability to absolutely exceed in life. You have to embrace your child. You have to learn what is his triggers. You have to teach him what is his triggers. And then if you're sitting there and you don't know, how is he ever gonna succeed in life? Your child is gonna absolutely exceed. What you have to do is you have to be the mother standing behind saying, you know what, I believe in you, even though the academics exams and all of that does not necessarily work out for you. Because that's not the only pathway in life. Hi and welcome to Let's Listen with Kieran McBreen. My name is Andrew and I'm here with Kieran. Hi Kieran, how are you today? Good Andrew, good, good man, thank you. And on today's show we've got Ina Marie and she's talking about ADHD. She is Andrew um, and she's, she's talking from a parent's perspective. There's no better way of learning how to overcome a challenge by experiencing yourself, um, which is called experiential learning. And um, she speaks to us from a perspective of a mum. And um, you know what, what's wonderful here is she looks, she looks to working with her son with the diagnosis as opposed to looking at it as an issue. And this is the bit I love about this, is that in no way does she see this as any kind of disability or any impediment to him being super successful over the rest of his life. Absolutely not, you know, and uh, she works with his skill set. And it's something I say in, in any organisation I go into, you know, you look at your, your team, you look at your staff and you say, how can I work with these people? How can I look at this skill set and maximise the skill set instead of seeing somebody who maybe might be challenging and thinking this person's a problem, actually reframe that and work with them, not against them. Yeah, I loved, loved, loved the way she was like, well, yeah, with this condition, he won't be able to do that job, that job, that job, but he will absolutely exceed at that job, that job and that job. It was fantastic, wasn't it? It was, absolutely. So look, there's lots of um, exciting times ahead for Ian Marie's son and for anybody out there who's experiencing similar similar challenges. And that's all they are, it's a challenge because we need to overcome them. We all have challenges. The most intelligent student in, in school has their own challenges. And that, that could be social skills. We've got to work with the skills we have and try and develop those that we may struggle with. And talking about exceeding, 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 tell us about how the uh, the new business is going. Going well, Andrew. You know, you always put me in the spot here and you know I don't like to amplify too much, but um, it's moving in the right direction and I'm very happy and I'm very lucky to be doing what I love. And if people want to get in touch with you for either the book, for uh, one-to-one sessions, corporate sessions, or for the video on demand, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, my website, cmbcoachingandtraining.com and my social media handle at cmbcoachmcbrain. And just on that, you know, like I am writing book number two at the moment. And if anyone out there has got some some deep story and an interesting story, please get in touch and we, we, get, we get it down on paper. Fantastic. Now this is Ina Marie. Ina Marie, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Kiran. How are you? I'm great. Ina Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's great to have you. Tell the audience all about you. Who are you and what is it you do? I have gone through the diagnosis of ADHD of my child and have worked for the past three years to try and make that work and help him. There's such a lot of 
information out there that's clashing with each other. So I decided to go more into the topic of it and how parents can support their children at home with ADHD. Fantastic. So for those out there who don't know what ADHD is, can you give a, a clear and I suppose simple definition? ADHD, if you take the abbreviation of it, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. Now, me personally, I think the name is wrong because it's not a deficit and it's not a disorder. It's just a different way that the mind works. And that's the first thing that I'm trying to teach parents is that their children is actually absolutely normal. They just don't fit in the box of the world and they need to find their own space. Fantastic. So um, obviously you said you've got personal experience with Desi and Marie. So tell us about your son. What's his name? My son's name is Zander and he's 18 years old, old now. He was diagnosed with ADHD by the age of 16. There was many signs that I have overlooked as a parent because I thought he was just a busy boy. You know, boys normally don't sit still. Boys want to run outside. They are technically and genetically, they need to be able to be busy. And he's really good with sports. So I just thought that's his sports day. And we went through COVID and he, we went to the, through the lockdown in the house and then I found out with him trying to focus on online tutoring that something's not completely right and that I need to help him. And that's where we started looking around and we asked the school where he's in here in Dubai to help us, um, show us where he can be assessed. And the diagnosis came back that he's ADHD inattentive. Now, I must also say that you get two types of ADHD. You get ADHD hyperactive and ADHD inattentive. If you look at the inattentive side, they tend to sit still for a long time if you ask them to sit still. So you don't always think that they are that busy or that something is working differently. But they have such a lot of things on their mind. And the first time somebody said to me, he was quite small, he was in grade two in South Africa. They said to me, would you have him assessed? And I said, but it's not necessary. He can watch Lion King and sit still for two hours and he loves the movies. And there's, there's no hyperactivity there. He was then diagnosed ADHD inattentive at the age of 16. And I also want to say that's where all of us <laughs> needs to try and get something positive out of COVID. For me, the diagnosis was positive. Um, I could see how he operates. I could learn how to deal with him. I could learn how to speak with him. So for me, personally experiencing that was a positive outcome. Thank you, Ian-Marie. And um, I love the reframing there you're doing. And you know, I think there's always something positive that we can get out of something. Ian-Marie, tell me more about Xander's behaviours. You know, at what stage were you noticing... I don't want to say there was something wrong, but something potentially different that that kind of highlighted something that you wanted to look into further. Kieran, the thing is that he would sit in front of these classes and then come out of school. And when I asked him, what did you do in school today? He couldn't tell me. If I asked him, what did you do in class an hour ago? What did, uh, which class did you have? He couldn't tell me. He was physically there, but he didn't have the attentiveness to be able to tell me what happened in the class. Um, and the reason what I found for that is Zander is one of the kids that works very good on listening skills in the sense that 
the teacher has to address him directly. If the teacher doesn't address him directly or he's not part of the class or he's not drawn into the class, his focus shifts to something else. And then basically he will just focus on whatever it is that he's interested in and he will hyper-focus on that. So he would be able to tell you exactly what type of animal is out there. He will see an eagle three kilometers up in the sky and he will be able to tell you which type of eagle that is. But if you're asking what the teacher said half an hour ago in the class, there's no way he's going to be able to tell me that. When he wanted to learn how to drive now, it took him a day and he could drive the car. It was not a problem. If he wanted to play rugby, he got his rugby coaching certificates within a day. It is unbelievable how hyper-focused there is when he really wants to do something. So I have learned that I need to touch his shoulder, bring his attention back to me, and then tell him what exactly it is that I want. And when I've got his focus, I get what I, uh, what I need him to, to get. I love that, Anne-Marie. So essentially, you're working with him, with his resources, with his capabilities, with his strengths, essentially, as opposed to against what the so-called possible problem is, you know. Anne-Marie, tell me more about the assessment. How does that work? At a school that is at here in Dubai, they did an assessment in the school. And then they attend some of his classes to see how he reacted in the class itself. And then they came back to me and they gave me a suggestion to have him tested with inside psychology. Now, inside psychology is a, a branch here in Dubai that with a few psychologists, and they do a very intensive test um, on all his brain lobes and then ask him questions. And then they come back and actually his diagnosis was 13 pages. So it was very, very in-depth for me to realize exactly where it is that he's got his strengths and where it is that there's weaknesses and where we need to start working on. And then also what they did is they went to the school and they gave some suggestions. He gets some extra time with exams as per the IB board that he is allowed to. Um, he also can get up um, after an hour in exams to refocus his brain. The examiner has to just walk past his desk and knock on the desk every 20 minutes just to refocus to where he's at. And that made a tremendous difference in his testing um, because exam he, he literally got an exam block. And the exam block is basically that he is so scared of losing his attentiveness while he's busy with exam that he doesn't have any at all. So questions that he can answer before and after exam, he wouldn't be able to answer during exam because he was scared of losing his focus. Um, so for the examiner, just knocking twice on his desk without disturbing anybody else around him, just brought it back and made a huge, huge difference in testing. That's great to hear. And it's very refreshing to hear in Marie because um, I know somebody recently who, who's seen a psychotherapist and... The sec after the second session, well, actually, after the, the end of the first session, he told me that the doctor said to him, you've got lots of signs of ADHD. And in the second session, he was told, you absolutely have ADHD. And then he prescribed him some medication. Now, there was no assessment there. That was just a conversation between client and doctor. And for me to hear that actually is a proper assessment is great because the word ADHD gets thrown out and it's very highly linked with bad behaved children. 
And there's lots of skeptics out there who, who who feel that, you know, we all have a little bit of ADHD. And certainly back in the, in the old, older days, you know, lots of badly behaved students in today's society would be, I suppose, um, defined as having ADHD. What's your view on that? Kieran, I absolutely believe that we all have a bit of ADHD in us <laughs> because when the diagnosis came and I, I read through those 13 pages, I thought, okay, is that what's going on? I thought that's just what's being a busy mom in my brain. <laughs> I think we all have it. But yes, you are absolutely right. There's a lot of misdiagnosis out there for misbehaving, not being able to sit still or anything like that without a proper diagnosis. And medication is also not always the best way to go. Now, I'm not shooting off medication at all. My child is also on medication, but not full time. But what I have found at the time when he was diagnosed, he was also underweight. I couldn't get him to eat. I couldn't get him to sleep. I couldn't get him to concentrate, which was a very, very dire situation for any mother to see. I had him also tested, um, I, we did some blood tests with a blood analysis here in Dubai, and she found that he has got such a lot of stress in his stomach that he's not taking up any nutrients at all. Now, for a teenage boy to not take up any nutrients or not want to eat is obviously not right. I mean, they're supposed to eat you out of the house, and he just didn't. I went down the route of let's see how we can do this um, healing through food. And we changed his diet. Uh, we cut out carbs and sugar for a while, but because he's active and sporty, obviously he needs that. I made sure that he got electrolytes in. Um, I made sure that every time that he had practice and he was tired, that he gets into bed at a certain time. Obviously, screen time. For ADHD children, I want to say, yes, you have to limit screen time, but screen time can also help them. So there's a, there's a balance that you need to find. But after 10 at night, no screen time, um, definitely not. And if he has to do homework, because he's here 12, and they've got a lot of work to do, and, and sometimes they need to go after, after 10, I got him the glasses that blocks the blue light. So that that also helps him to shut down, look at the circadian rhythm, make sure that he gets sunlight and vitamin D. So all of that we brought into the life and made him attentive towards that. However, I did find that he did need medication in school because he was stressed that he is not focusing. So we are using medication with a doctor during school times. And outside of school times, we assess him. And if I see that he gets a bit flustered, I will tell him, dude, your focus needs a bit more focus. We're going to have medication for the next two days. He needs to take it before 10 o'clock in the morning. He likes to sleep later, so I have to wake him up for it. But that's what we do. It sounds as if, in Marita, you've got a great control over the situation and you're providing Xander with the, the best platform. But I guess for every parent out there, it's not as maybe as easy or as successful as we're seeing in Xander. Now, what advice? I mean, you've given some wonderful strategies. We've got the, you know, we've got the the exam uh, situation where the, the examiner knocks on the table, looking after his diet, managing the medication, which I think is important. You know, managing the medication, not just taking medication, but managing the medication, um, sleeping, and um, and the screen time. But for any parent out there who's tearing their hair out, who hasn't got control of the situation, what what would you say to them? 
Kiran, my first words to them will be breathe. You've got a fantastic child that's got a superpower and you're going to walk with your child and find it because your child is one of the people out there that has got this ability to absolutely exceed in life. If you look at the people that stand out in our days, it's not always the people going to university. But if you look at someone with ADHD, the possibilities are so, so big. ADHD people excel in high stress jobs. They excel in air traffic control. They excel in piloting. They excel in ER doctors. They do so well under short-term stresses because they can analyze very, very well. You cannot think that an ER doctor has to sit still for eight hours a day in a class. They will go absolutely mad. And that's why I said at the beginning, we're trying to put all these kids in a box. They don't even have a box. They have a world. Their world is so much bigger than the box we're trying to put them in that you have to embrace your child. You have to learn what is his triggers. You have to teach him what is his triggers. And then if you're sitting there and you don't know, how is he ever going to succeed in life? Your child is going to exceed, not succeed, but absolutely exceed. What you have to do is you have to be the mother standing behind saying, you know what, I believe in you, even though the academics exams and all of that does not necessarily work out for you because that's not the only pathway in life. Very beautifully put in Marie and I completely echo everything you're saying and it all goes back to working with the person you know with their strengths with their with their abilities. Marie what's next for Zandra? So he's in year uh, going into year 13 I believe in school. It's a growing progress, Kiran. <laughs> year 13. What we did in year 12 is he started with biology because at the beginning, um, sports science was not part of his subject choices because he's doing um, CP, not, not the diploma of IB. He's much better doing projects. So we changed him not to do the, the diploma, but to do the CP. Um, and then biology did not work out at all. He could not remember that because it's not one of his focuses. However, sports science is. So during halfway during the year, we changed into sports science and he did unbelievably well in that subject. So we are very happy about that. We are thinking of giving him a gap here after school so that he can just sort himself out first. Um, pushing him into going to study something and he's not ready for that, I don't believe in that. Nobody's going to ask you when you studied what. I just changed my careers from skincare therapist to NLP coach at the age of 46. So it is not set in a box. But what he wants to do during his gap year, he wants to do rugby coaching. He wants to help out at schools. Um, he's brilliant working with children. He's fantastic working with children with disabilities. So he's got an actual natural feel for it. So he wants to go out and find his feet. But his big dream one day is to be a chiropractor in sports. And to get there, we have to go through the university or kinesiology. So we'll be starting with something like that slowly and see for him to get to his dream one day. I believe there is a pathway out there. I believe he will be one of the best because he will exceed because he's so super focused on getting there, but there's no timeline on it. 
Hey, Marie, it sounds as if uh, Xander's future is very exciting and he's clearly got lots of support and passion from you, which is, it was a great, you're obviously a great team together. Hey, Marie, we're going to move on to you now. I believe you're doing lots of work to support parents out there. Tell us what you're doing. There is so many people that would like to help the teenagers and the moms are running from the one side to the other side, getting them to everybody that's helping them. But who is supporting the parents? And that is where I come in. I do NLP coaching to help the parents with a mind shift of, oh, my word, there's a diagnosis. What do I do with it? And, and so many people say so many things, and I don't know which one to believe. Um, to, I help the parents to support them to choose what they want to believe, to choose which path they want to go. It's absolutely a personal choice, but it's a big choice. So with NLP coaching, what we do is we take choices, we make it more clear, and we help them to go home with a strategy and to actually help them just handle things at home better and to bring the cortisol and the stress levels down so that they can handle the hyperactivity a little bit better. Fantastic, Emery. And I find from my own workshops as well, just by people sharing their challenge and resonating and hearing somebody else talk about a similar challenge is, 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 is already a step in the right direction. Do you find that yourself? Absolutely, Kiran. I have so many people that I speak to and then they tell me, nobody has ever given me support. I'm the one who's giving the support all the time. Um, and I need support as well. I mean, no, no one of us is living on an island. We are all part of this life and we are all part of a community. And if you, your child or yourself does not fit into that community, you feel so lost. So what I'm trying to do is I'm going to set up some, some free masterclasses that's starting next week and they can join via Zoom and they can just become part of the community where there is support where they can say, oh, I sit with this problem and then we can brainstorm together. And if they don't want to do that, you know, some people is not open to that talking in other people's presence yet. They can contact me privately and we can have private sessions and then we can support them that way just to know that I'm not the only one out there sitting with this problem at home and my child is actually amazing. I just need to see it from another angle. Helps a lot. It, it helps tremendous. It sure does. And just on that, Emery, how can people get in touch with you? I have a Facebook page, a page called Inner Space. So you're welcome to message me on um, Facebook. Uh, I also have an Instagram. I must be I'm very honest. My Instagram and I am still budding it because I'm not that good with social media, but I am working on it. I get, I'm getting my messages these days. Um, so they can get in touch with me via um, Inner Space on Instagram or on Facebook. And just send me a message. I will send them an email link where they can we can connect. I will give them a discovery call, which is for free. And we can see if we connect because it's really important to connect with their therapist and clients. Um, it's important to have rapport and, and trust. Um, otherwise, nobody is going to actually tell you what is bothering them. So first of all, it's not going to cost any money to get into contact with me. Um, I will first talk to you and we will talk to each other and we will connect. And then from there onwards, we will find out how you need help, how long it's going to take. Would you need long-term help or just support? And um, are you going to join a group or are you going to do one-on-one -on -one or whatever is needed? 
It sounds fantastic, Emory, and I think it's great that you're building this community because, you know, as you know, I'm a massive believer of people not suffering alone and, and sharing their feelings and sharing their challenges because help is out there. We just need to ask. Emory, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I've got no doubt that um, our listeners will resonate with you. They will benefit from what you say and look at all the best to you for your business and all the best to Xander. I'm very excited for his future. Thank you very much, Kiran. Um, the other thing I support parents in is if you're running around supporting the one child, the other child sometimes gets left behind to also remember everybody in your family. Fantastic. Very well said. Emery, have a great day ahead and take care. I really appreciate it. Thank you for asking me, Kiran. Thank you.